That's what? It's been made one time. It's been made once. <laughs> and even that was an undertaking. So you might be right. Cinderella is much easier to remake. I feel like they just make it all the time. Like if, if you run out of ideas, you're like, what can we do? And you're like, I know Cinderella again. Oh, that's a great idea. But this time we'll put her in a t-shirt and jeans instead. Like groundbreaking. People think that they're so clever with remaking Cinderella all the time. And we're going to be doing it today on this edition of the podcast. <laughs> You've been cast as the role of Cinderella. <laughs> Listen, if I could get my foot to fit in that glass slipper, I would be wearing them all the time. You better make sure your feet are pretty if you're going to be wearing glass shoes, though. Like, if you got nasty toes... I will not be wearing glass slippers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we've ruled Steve out right. with Cinderella. Listen, so. sandals are hard enough. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, they remake it a lot. Right. I, I'm not going to lie. They remake it a lot. But today we're talking about a very specific remaking of it that people really enjoyed. It was a very interesting one, right? Which I hadn't watched before. No. Uh, it was uh, the Cinderella, uh, Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella version with Brandy as Cinderella. There's a lot to be said for this edition of the movie, right? Like... Yeah, I mean, just the simple fact that it was groundbreaking in its casting and in its production is enough to make it worth going, oh, I should probably take a look at that. Right. Because I didn't watch it when it first came out, and I hadn't gotten around to watching it ever, and then it they just released it on Disney Plus for people to be able to finally watch. Right. Yeah, works out very good. I mean, obviously, the first thing I would have to say about it is I cannot believe this was made for, for TV. How is this possible? So expensive, right? And the production's so good, and the casting was off, off the hook. Off the hook, as people say. No, that's that sounds crazy to even say that. But like all of the characters that they had in there, Whoopi Goldberg and um, Jason, what's his name? You know, Jason Alexander. There you go. Well, I guess he did a huge thing on TV for a long, long time. But he was like a huge. He was a nobody before before Cinderella. <laughs> Pretty Woman what? He was Seinfeld who? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, they they cast huge names. Bernadette Peters and Whitney Houston. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Um, Whitney Houston made for TV movie. How did you convince her of that? Well, see, this is what I find interesting is because when they cast Bette Midler in Hocus Pocus, it was supposed to be a made-for-TV movie. Oh, really? And Bette Midler said, I don't do TV. <laughs> so they ramped up production to put it into theaters for her. And I'm surprised that Whitney Houston couldn't say, I'm not doing this for TV. Right. 
yeah. but you know, all the luckier for everybody because I think it reached a wider array of people by being released on television. Mm. It's hard to tell. I, I can't remember because it was released when? Like, do you remember? It was like nineties. That's yeah. So I can't remember back then if it, how widely released it was on TV. Just to show you how poorly I prepared that I don't remember when it came out. But what the main point of this podcast was going to be is focusing on thoughts on the show, which we finally did get around to watching. Um, I had this, I had seen Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella before. Okay. Um, I've heard the music before it was, is that the one they use on Broadway? Yes. Okay. Uh, so I'd heard the music before, although this one had extra songs that weren't in the in the original. So stage. a lot of those songs are from their from their production, then, huh? Because I didn't recognize any of them. Well, I guess that's let's the way. be honest. The real big song, the real big songs from this production of Cinderella are like in my own little corner song that Cinderella has right. and then the impossible song impossible. And then maybe the 10 minutes ago that people know really well. Uh, but this, I, unfortunately I feel like this musical kind of falls into the same trap that a lot of the older musicals do where I personally don't find the songs particularly memorable. Right. And that's what I have a problem with. Uh-huh. They kind of drag on kind of one notey sort of. And they repeat themselves, which, you know, in some cases can be great. But most of the time, I just feel like you, you could have used that verse for something else other than just re-singing what you've already sung. You know? Very much. Uh, Except for Impossible. You can sing that over and over again. Well, and I do. That's the problem. Right. It gets stuck so in does your head. Yeah, it's just <laughs> impossible. Uh but what's really interesting about this to me is that Whitney Houston originally wanted to be Cinderella. Oh, they, really? They had brought her on with the understanding that she was going to be Cinderella. And it took so long to prepare and cast and so on and so forth that by the time it was actually uh-huh. time to perform, she's uh-huh. like, I don't think I'm the proper age to play <laughs> a young ingenue Cinderella. <laughs> We need somebody younger, it's you know, true. and kudos to her for having the, the, the foresight to go, I'm a little long in the tooth to play right. Cinderella. Yeah. You know, I hate to agree with you, Whitney. Well, because, um, I think someone mentioned that, uh, the production of the whiz, the, the movie production oh, yeah. of the whiz, the, the Diana Ross, Michael playing, Jackson, and, mm-hmm. right? Diana Ross playing Dorothy felt a little weird because oh. she was a little too old to be like this wide-eyed, you know, little girl, yeah, type of part. It I mean, weird. I still pull it off. Oh, for sure. But. Yeah, you you definitely look like a wide-eyed little girl mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> uh, but I think it was very wise of her to step back from it and say, "Okay, I probably can't be." Cinderella. So let's bring in Brandy, who at the time was a big deal. Uh, she had just kind of burst onto the scene, the music scene. Right. And so people were excited to see 
uh, her come on yeah. as Cinderella too. Yeah, for sure. Now, and I remember hearing at some point in time that Brandy kind of spoke a little bit of smack about Whitney on that one, saying that she was a bit of a diva and different things like that. Like I remember hearing that at the time I thought, but when we saw all of the interviews and the postscript stuff and all of the stuff we did on it, yeah. she seemed very complimentary to Whitney. Oh, she you know? just gushed over her. Yeah. You know, as, as you would, if I, if, now I'm not a singer, but if if Whitney Houston had said, "Hey, why don't you come and sing with me in this movie?" I'd been like, "Oh my gosh, yes!" Right. You know, like. <laughs> and additionally, if you if Whitney Houston did show up and acted like a diva, diva, you'd be like, "Okay, yeah, that makes sense. You've earned it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Whitney Houston. Did you expect anything different? Yeah, she's going to come in and be a shy little violet. No, right. she's going to be commanding in the room. Uh, but another casting that I thought was really interesting is the casting of the evil, wicked stepmother. Yeah. That literally they had a hard time finding somebody to play the stepmother because no one wanted to be mean to Brandy on screen. Ah, uh, yeah. There is a, there is a cultural <laughs> rejection of that kind of stuff, I think. Right. Even back then, people were like, oh, no, uh-uh, yeah. I'm not doing that. Uh and they finally found a wicked stepmother in Bernadette Peters who said, sure, I'll yell at Brandy. Right? <laughs> so true. She'd be like, don't have a problem with it. Brandy who? I love that. <laughs> no, just kidding. Mostly because I love Bernadette Peters. Exactly. She's such a weird, over-the-top personality, and she has such a unique voice Yeah, that it's really impressive to watch her just do much of anything. Right. Personally, I think. Yeah. Uh, but then you have like Whoopi Goldberg playing the queen. Uh, and it's just the, the casting was such a, a monumental kind of moment where you have a multicultural cast. Uh, they've done blind castings is what they call it before. Uh, Disney's done it at uh, the Hyperion right. in California Adventure. They have a blind casting. So, it doesn't matter what race you are. They just put you into a role if you sing well enough to be in the role. Right. And I think that's very interesting. It's a fun way to cast things. It gives the cast a little bit of diversity and some un- some unusual takes that maybe you wouldn't get normally. Well, and quite honestly, when you're on stage, you're sitting clear at the back of the house and they've got wigs on and everything. You couldn't tell anyway. You'd oh, have yeah. no idea. Yeah. As long as the costuming is good enough, it looks just about right to me. I remember my mom used to take me to uh, community theater shows and different things. And we'd see that and she'd be like, I think that that, I don't think that they were actually such and such, you know? And I'd be like, well, how do you know? And she's like, because she was blonde at the beginning of this show. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I see. But as a young kid, I totally bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, audiences today, we're a little bit more savvy. We don't, we don't like to be quote unquote fooled. So we try to look for all the tricks and things like that. Yeah. But as kids, did it really matter to and you? And on TV, it's hard to hide things. You know, live on stage, it's a little bit easier because you're, it's a much bigger place. And, oh, sure. Right. Close ups. Yeah. On TV are, are going to show everything for sure. Learn that from Lame as a Rob. Ooh. Right. <laughs> uh, but this, this version of Cinderella, which what I find interesting about it is that um it's very basic they don't they didn't do anything really to stretch the story or bring in new or different things you know what i mean do you think they would if they knew that it was going to be made from uh the theaters 
Do you think they made it yeah, simple because it was for TV? I do. I think they would have pushed things a little bit more and tried to make characters a little more three-dimensional because this uh. is the problem that I've always had with Cinderella just in general mm-hmm. is that I find the story so vastly unbelievable. Uh, Cinderella just happens to show up at this ball for the prince who falls in love with her and then apparently immediately forgets everything about her. Doesn't know her face or her voice doesn't even ask her name. Yeah, that's true. And then she's the only person in the whole kingdom that fits this specific kind of shoe. That's very true. There's just, there's a lot of things with this story that I'm just like, it's quaint and cute, Mm -hmm. but if you, if you look at it too closely, it definitely falls apart. Just a very simple fairy tale at its core. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there have been other adaptions of it that have tried to address those sort of things. But this, I think, what they were trying to do is make a, a Cinderella that was accessible to everybody in, on every level, right? Yeah, the story is simple. The <laughs> impossible. <laughs> uh, the music is, is very straightforward, and the story is very streamlined and simple. Right. And it's not like oh, they've added in all these other random characters and things. It's just, it's the story of Cinderella, which I think is great. Yeah, and Jason Alexander, uh, for me, was really funny during the entire show. Yeah, well, that's what, what? I, yeah, for sure. He, they, uh, in the stuff that we watched, they said that he was currently in doing Seinfeld when they filmed oh. this. And when they offered it to him, he said, I don't want a single line to reference Seinfeld. Smart because man. You don't want to be typecast, right? Especially as George Costanza, who isn't a very pleasant character. You don't want that <laughs> character following you through your whole career where you are typecast as that character all the time. Has he done much work since Seinfeld? I can't think of much. Uh, We're going to Google it. He needed to do much after Seinfeld. They made well, a lot of money. Right. Uh, but Julia Louis-Dreyfus did a lot afterwards, so maybe... And oddly enough, she's the richest person from that cast. Did you know this? Total tangent. Yeah. (laughs) Completely true. (laughs) Uh, But he said they had already, once they cast him, they had already started writing in little funny wink, wink, nudge, nudge lines into his character. And he's like, no. And so they had to go back and take all those out so he wouldn't be George Costanza in Cinderella. Which is right, because we don't want him falling from a ladder. No, of course well, not. I mean, some people might want his character to fall from a ladder, <laughs> but it just doesn't make any sense. It's true. Yeah. But I know that this was kind of like a cultural phenomenon for a lot of people. Yeah. Which I find interesting because I legitimately did not see it when it came out on TV. And I hadn't seen it, like I said, up until now right. when we watched it. Yeah. So it's like, I've totally missed out on this idea that all of these kids around that age got to see this and this affected their, their ideologies for a long time. Right. Because Brandy was the first African-American woman to play Cinderella. Oh, she did so good. And it, it's, it's, it's great. a great casting. She holds her own very well. Even with Whitney Houston's belting in her face, she does really well. Yeah, it's true. Because I think I would be intimidated, like if they're like, "Okay, you're going to sing a duet with Whitney Houston." I'd be like, "Oh, well." And they just did a new thing with Todrick Hall on YouTube, right? With her, and she comes back and plays a lot of the character again. Right. And her daughter's was there for the filming of it, and she's as old as Brandy was then, and stuff. You know? Right. Oh, it's just a it's a crazy surreal moment of sorts. But that yeah. was really fun to watch. And that's what's Thanks. really interesting about it is 
that it was such a cultural thing that people younger than us are all so excited that it's on Disney Plus now because it hasn't been available in any kind of high definition quality right. since it was on TV. Like they had it on VHS and such, but you 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 know you want that part of your childhood to be represented as well as it possibly could be for sure. Yep, and this is the reason it's been so hard to watch for so many years. Like it just wasn't really available. I right. don't think unless you had a copy of it, like Disney liked to do. Well, so. you know they like to hide things in the vault. You know, right? This big mythical Disney vault. But the other thing that was really interesting about the show is like that they ran, they ran out of a budget. Way too much money was spent on it. And when it came to the last day of filming, they didn't have the money to finish up filming, right? Right. And so then uh, the producers and um, Whoopi Goldberg all pitched in their money and said, we'll pay for the last couple of days of filming right. so that we can finish up the show because otherwise people weren't going to get paid. What? And that's just crazy to me. Like, I'm not sure how there was such a massive oversight that they ran out of money one day early. Right. Like, it's like, really? And to be fair, now I think it would be excessively easy to just put out an open call and say, hey, any local actors that don't mind just coming in and standing in for this thing, come in and be a part of this, people would fall all over themselves to be like, yeah, I'll yeah. just stand in there for free. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but back then it was not that kind of way at all. And especially now Disney has more money than anybody else. So they could, I can't imagine they'd run out of money at any point when making a movie, you know, would you go to a filming for free? Yeah, if they said if they said, "Oh, we need a, a crowd of people to just be guests at Cinderella's wedding." Yeah. Of course. For sure. Why wouldn't you go to that? You know. Now that I think about it, we've actually paid bought concert tickets to go to the filming of certain things, right? We have. So, there's that. <laughs> they tricked us to paying to be into things. Well, and to be fair, we were uh in a one of the Christmas specials cuz we were in the crowd. That's right. We had to so, pay to be there for that too. We totally paid to be an extra in a Disney show. We've already done it. <laughs> and we were great. We so were. So festive. <laughs> we weren't. We were in t-shirts and shorts and it was supposed to be a Christmas thing. Oh, uh, right. I don't think they even actually got us on film, but we were there. Right. Singing there. along with Kristen Bell and Adina Menzel. We know that song by heart now. We totally, it's our Christmas song now. Legitimately. It's good stuff. Uh, but overall, what is your uh, read on the Cinderella? I mean, we're not going to go over the story because legitimately There's everyone knows the about story of, of Cinderella. Uh, the music in it was like lackluster and maybe dated a bit. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you have to look past that because it's a, you know, a classic of sorts, I guess you would say. Sure. So outside of that, it's like an A plus across the board. Yeah. So with that, you're like uh, B plus. <laughs> well, and they, yeah, they had to give songs to people that didn't normally have them. Right. They had to extend a song for Jason Alexander because, you know, you cast him, you want him to be on screen. They had to give a new. They had to take a song from a different show and give it to Bernadette Peters, wow. so that she actually had a song. Because why would you cast Guess Bernadette Peters Bernadette and not Peters. give her a song? Could you imagine? And then, of course, Whitney. What I find really interesting is that Whitney's probably in maybe ten percent of this movie, barely. And it's like, wow, she really graciously stepped down and said, "Here, I'll let somebody else." 
take the reins of this movie. Because even that, it was all shot on green screen. And right. Completely yeah, she's just glittery, sparkly all over the place. Nobody even knew she was in the film until it was released. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I don't think it was quite that secret. But right. yeah, like it's it's amazing to me how little Whitney Houston's in the movie. Right. Uh, but she does get the best song, honestly. For the sure. Impossible song is impossible to get out of your head because I've been singing it. And oddly enough, I had never heard it before. We watched it that one time. Mm-hmm. Had you heard that song before? Yes. Okay, I thought so. There was a girl, funny story, there was a girl in my math class who sang it agnosium for oh. months. And I couldn't figure out why or <laughs> what she was singing. Why she was singing at her math right. quiz. She's like, impossible <laughs> and i'm like what are you why you need to calm down i'm trying to do math and i'm not even good at that in dead silence let alone with you singing impossible behind me to be fair <laughs> this is the way i'm doing math from now on <laughs> yeah just look at it and go impossible uh-huh, <laughs> staying school kids yeah study your math because it'll help i'm sure for sure but yeah. overall yeah i would agree it's probably like an a minus b plus kind of thing just because the music isn't as iconic as a lot of other Disney shows, but uh, for nothing else, if you watch it just for the cast and for the fun of it all, it's totally worth a good watch. Yeah, very much. But, it's like I always say, impossible. Follow my perfectly sculpted two-finger point to the exit. If you enjoyed today's podcast, rate, review us on your favorite podcast app, and if you didn't, help us do better by buying a patch at DisneyPatch.com. Always be proud of what makes you unique, and we'll see you next time on the Obscure Disney Podcast.